my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is a show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. G'day friends, it's Pastor Will here, Pastor of the Paravista and the Gawler Adventist Churches here in South Australia. I want to thank you for joining our live show today straight from our studio here in Adelaide. We want to welcome you this evening, this afternoon, wherever you are tuning in from. And uh, we want to thank you for joining us in this next hour. My co-host in the studio with me tonight is none other than Pastor Brendan Wilkinson. Welcome to the studio, Pastor Brendan. Thank you, mate. Good to be on yeah, the show. Yeah, you had a good weekend? Looking, well, I've had a good weekend, uh, for sure. It was good to actually go to a church on the weekend where I didn't have to preach or do anything. Okay, which, which, which church did you head up to? Murray Bridge, up on the river. Murray. Oh, lovely. And it was, it was, we had a really, really good day. We had a good sermon on uh, the uh, importance of prayer yeah. and the Holy Spirit in a person's life. It was just just an enjoyable awesome. uh, day, but really looking forward to this week's topics, Will, yeah. and this one tonight uh, will kick us off yeah, because sure. I believe these are very important topics. Yeah. So um, so we're going to introduce our new topic for this week. So our topic this week is, if you're new to our, our program, each Monday we kick off the show tonight and for the rest of the week with a new theme that we and our presenters are going to be diving into. And so tonight our topic for this week is contemporary Israel and ancient prophecies. Is there a link? And so that is the overarching theme. But tonight, Brendan, you and I, we're going to be talking about the topic, what makes a person a biblical Israelite? Yes, we're going to have a look at that topic through the uh, prism of the Old Testament, but also more specifically through the prism of some fairly important things that Peter and Paul say in the New Testament. I think it's important, um, as we're sitting here tonight, and a lot of people around the world have got their Bibles open, I would say, uh, will yeah and they'd be studying the the ancient prophecies because a lot of people believe that israel is still god's chosen people and they're um, in fact i was talking to a woman only a week or so ago and she said isn't it uh, wonderful what's happening in the middle east yeah and uh, i said yes yes it is interesting so we're going to have a look at the topic i'm not going to delve into does is what's happening at the moment currently yeah with israel about to invade the gaza strip which is a strip of land about 40 kilometers long with two and a half million people jammed in it and the israelis have told them to get out of the northern section and go to the southern yeah they had 24 hours they got 24 hours i mean for goodness sake where are you going to go yeah I mean, some of these people have had their car keys taken off them by Hamas. Um, if you've been following this closely, you'll yeah. realise that these poor people have nowhere to go. You're right. And so <laughs> we're not going to look at that. I mean, one could sit and pontificate on that all night. And yeah. All you have to do is go on to Sky News or uh, any any podcast or website or anything like that and find out what yeah. what's going on over there militarily. What we want to look at is what does God's word say about who is the true Israelite spiritually? Yeah. We're going to try and look at both the uh, li- the lineage but also the spiritual aspect of it. Are the two the same or, the, or are they different? Is there a difference between a, a, being a physical Israelite right. because I'm not one and neither are yes. you or what is God looking at? Is he looking at the physical aspect or is he looking at the spiritual 
or is it, or is it possible to be yeah. both? Yeah. So, so that's what we're going to be looking at tonight. That, that's what we'll look at in uh, a little bit later. Okay. Awesome. Show. Well, welcome to the studio, Brandon. And um, yeah, just a bit of a heads up uh, for the rest of our team. Some of the questions that our team will be looking at uh, in the coming days um, was God's purpose for Israel irrevocable? Um, who has inherited the promises to Israel today? Uh, later on in the week, our team will be looking at the question, will the temple in Jerusalem be rebuilt? There's a big topic amongst um, some You've evangelical some Christians. There. <laughs> yeah. And right at the end of the week, um, our team is going to be looking at, is Jerusalem special for Christians today? And so that's a bit of a, an overview of some of the questions that our team are going to be looking at tonight. Hey, Brendan, before I keep moving on, um, I want to acknowledge a, a friend of mine that I think will be tuning in today. Right. His name is Geraldo, and uh, he's a good brother of mine. And uh, we've got to know each other over our little giggles playgroup there at Paravista on a Monday morning. Big shout out to Geraldo. Shout out to Geraldo. <laughs> and he was like, oh, what are you doing on Monday? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, a yeah, bit, yeah. I'm not We're that busy here. in the day, We're but uh, I do yeah. this whole yeah. radio thing. So, hey, if you're listening, Geraldo, and to Shannon and uh, to your lovely girls, we, um, yeah, we hope that you enjoy Tune our in, program guys. today. Tune in. Actually, you also saying just off air before we went on, I know there's a couple of ladies that are, you know, that been texting you as well, Pastor, and they're very interested in some of the topics that we're looking at. Hey, for our listeners out there, yeah, it's to, worth worth mentioning. Yeah, well, yeah, I want to plug it just at this moment. If you want to listen to past episodes of our Faith FM Drive Time BQ and A Drive Time Show, what you can do is a couple of ways. You yeah, can go onto the website faithfm.com.au you you go online and you you type that in and then when you get to the home page you'll see um on the top you'll see um listen you go and click the listen tab and you scroll down to uh programs and podcasts you click on programs and podcasts and you'll see all of our various different shows yeah, so you've yeah. got yep. drive time big Q&A yep. Tazzy encounters Breakfast show, exploring revelation. There. There's a whole bunch of stuff there to to really dig your teeth into and uh, really dive deep. And so, hey, faithofm.com.au. That's where you'll catch all of our past episodes. So everything that we're doing is live currently. Um, this same time slot each day of the week. Um, but if you missed it or you want to watch, uh, listen to previous episodes, you can go and click on Drive Time BQ and A, and you'll see a bunch of stuff there. Also, if you're super keen. You can even download, download the Faith the FM app, app mm, and you can um, actually access um, I've got the, the eye app contact on my there. Phone. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, hey, we're going to go to a, a well, break in a few moments time, but what we normally do at this part of the time of our show is we share what we call our World Watch segment. And this is the part of our show where we kind of share something that's um, kind of been online, it, it kind of just, just out there in the social media space. But the one I wanted to share, Brenton, um, it's a little bit closer to home. That's something I'm a little bit being invested in these last number of weeks, which is the Rugby World Cup. Ah, the Rugby World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Someone's described it as a game um, to be played in heaven. My played in heaven? I don't think so. <laughs> I think AFL. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, it's a bit of a bittersweet for me because I go for the Wallabies and unfortunately they got knocked out. <laughs> yeah, um, they they, they were going, well. yeah. But my dear wife, Tarani, she's a diehard All Black supporter. She's oh, born and raised in New Zealand. Yeah, so yeah. she can imagine her relief when um, they just scraped by the skin of their teeth, beaten Ireland yeah, a couple of days ago. Yeah. And just this morning, actually, um, Fiji, unfortunately, lost to England. So England's through. And also, uh, I believe South Africa just beat uh, France. So, uh, oh. yeah, the, the, this whole last couple of days been the quarterfinals. So next oh. week, it's Argentina, All Blacks. 
and it's uh, England, England and um, and South Africa. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be a big one. But hey, listen, for our World Watch time the Brent, tonight, Brenton, I wanted to share an article. It's on the Premier Christian dot news um yeah, really website article that one yeah, yeah. And, the, and it's um it's entitled rugby world cup all black star praises jesus after stunning quarterfinal victory now just want to read a couple of things here it says all black star Artie surveyor dedicated his side's epic rugby rugby world cup quarterfinal victory over ireland to the lord praising god in his post-match interview Surveyor was named man of the match as underdogs New Zealand defeated the world's number ones 28 to 24, sending Ireland out of the tournament for a fourth consecutive time at the quarterfinal, at the quarterfinal stage. stage. Yeah. And this is what Ardi Surveyor said to the interviewer, all glory to the man above. He said, there was a lot riding on this week and it was one of those test matches that was a battle. And I'm going to, I'm just extremely proud of my boys to go out there and play against a real class squad. We gave the fans what they wanted. Surveyor also took the chance to praise his side's opponents who had been on a 17-match winning streak and had won a best-of-three-match yes. series yeah. in New Zealand the previous year. A big testament to the Irish team. They've set the standard this whole year, and I just want to send love today, man. But, yeah, just so proud of our boys. And this is the part I want to focus on, uh, Brendan. He says, the article says, Surveyor then took to Instagram post-game to continue his praise of God. And he wrote, apparently, this on his Instagram. All glory to you. Thank you, Jesus, wrote Surveyor. With All Blacks teammate Neo Laulala replying, Jesus is the only way. Um, and, you know, there's a bit there, but, and, and just a couple of lines here. It says, at the start of the France, at the start of France, 2023, South African captain Sia Kalisi uh, quoted 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 yeah, on I his Instagram page. That one. Yeah. And he wrote, um, yeah, quoting 2 Corinthians 12, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And there's a bit more in the article. But here's what I want to say to our listeners and to you know you as well, Brendan. Obviously, um, you know, athletes like the All Blacks, like many celebrities who are in the limelight, um, it can be a very uh, fine line for them to walk between their career, their vocation, and also being faithful to their calling as, as followers of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I just kind of, I didn't realize that, um, he had put that on Instagram. I'm, I mean, I'm not on Instagram and all this stuff, but interesting that, that he would credit his team's win to his savior. And, yes. um, yeah, I found that interesting. Yeah. And look, yeah. we're not here to really go down the rabbit hole on this and uh, give a theological response. I'm just saying, Hey, here are some world class athletes. And, um, you know, they're on the world stage they're and here they are. Yeah, they're not afraid. They're not about their uh, Christianity. Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, uh, <laughs> before games these days, normally if you, Australia, the All Blacks were playing Australia, the Wallabies, uh, they would have the haka, wouldn't they? Yeah. And uh, the, things like that. But for these guys to be so open about their Christianity, some people would criticise it. Yep. But quite frankly, if people were to do something different, it would probably be acceptable. So what is wrong with the Christian expressing openly yeah. what he or she uh, considers um, the fact that God was with them? On Correct. the other hand, if I can put in a, a, a humorous one, <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean God is <laughs> barracks for the All Blacks <laughs> or South Africa yeah. or somewhere like that? Yep. Um, look, 
there used to be a time when they did have prayer before matches and that sort of thing, but it's often bemused me as a boy how how uh, how would God choose <laughs> yeah. who he was going to who barrack for? for, or did he barrack for any of them, <laughs> or did he just say, well, you know, let them be and we'll, yeah. we'll let them sort it out amongst themselves. But, look, this is not wearing your heart on your sleeve. I think this is actually a good Christian witness yeah. because to do this – on the world stage of a world rugby cup, rugby yep. union cup, is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. But then you think of NBA basketball stars who have done it in the past. The occasional Hollywood A-lister, Matthew McConaughey is one that comes to mind, yeah. who is quite open about his Christianity. And I admire people like that because it's becoming harder and harder to express openly in a public forum your faith in the Lord Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Once upon a time, if you said things, people, because the bulk of the population was, if not Christian, at least Christian inclined, yeah. these days you could actually find yourself in trouble by That's stating right. something like this. That's right. What if someone of another religion decides to do something yeah. at the end of the Yeah. So that's the other side of that's the coin. A, yeah, I'm correct. just throwing it out there and yeah. saying, you know, you've got to look at both both sides. Yeah. But I admire these people for um, acknowledging Absolutely. the fact that um, God has been with them and that he's given them these gifts yeah. to be able to play rugby at that level and correct. to be successful. Yeah. Just the text that I kind of want to wrap this little segment up, um, you know, in Revelation, you know, because he's already saying glory to God and, you know, he, he probably just said it, you know, hey, you know, I'm, I'm you know, kind of sharing his faith. But there is a, a part of it that to me connects a little bit yes. to, yeah. I guess, you know, <clears throat> in a more deeper sense in the book of Revelation. I'll just share two passages real quick and then we'll move on. Revelation chapter 14, we see the, uh, we see there, these messages that go to the whole globe just prior to the return of Jesus. And we call it within our faith context, uh, Pastor Brandon, the three angels' messages, uh, yes. chapter 14 of yes, Revelation 6 to 12. Mm -hmm. But the first angel's message is, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come. And I was just reading the article, you know, Brandon and I'm going, hey, are you like, hey, glory to God. And um, me as a pastor and as a Christian who likes to read the prophetic books of Daniel Revelation, yes. there is a call to worship the true God. Now, another hey, text. Hey, aren't you running a Secrets of Prophecy program? At the I moment? am. You I am. Right? It's actually just yeah, finished. Yeah. <laughs> How'd it go? It went really well. So, so well, we, well. we only did um, half of the, well, nine nights actually. So we're doing some follow-up at um, currently at the moment. Um, but yeah, so, so Revelation 14 talks about giving glory to God, and then there's another text in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 where the Apostle Paul says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And so, yeah, just for our article today, you know, these guys play rugby for a professional living. They do. And hey, All Blacks, one of the top world rugby teams in the world, if not the best. Um, here's the captain saying, hey, uh, he's crediting his faith to his uh, success, you know. So I just wanted to kind of share that. You know, it kind of warms my heart a little bit, Brendan, to know that, you know, these these uh, athletes, are, you know, they're not ashamed, as Paul said in Romans chapter 1. He's not ashamed of the gospel, not ashamed to to, to share with the world that he is a believer. And I think that's something in, uh, inspiring for us as fellow Christians to, you know, not to be ashamed of, of who we are as, as Christians. And, you know, there's a time and a place and a, a way in which we communicate our faith. We don't want to shove it down people's throats. But no. when the opportunity presents itself, then, hey, 
you know, you, you know, we're called to to be that witness. So. I would say tongue-in-cheek that the Australians could have done with a bit of prayer. In the World Cup <laughs> oh, man, that, that's bombed, another topic, Brendan. They bombed Brennan. out badly, but... <laughs> I'm, man, I'm, they I'm bombed really out something in, silly. I'm man. really not into it. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie Jones needs a bit of prayer. I yeah. Think, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, here we go. So uh, we're going to a book offer before we hit, um, go to a break. So, hey, um, we're going to promote our free book offer. So we do this every day in the show with our team. And so our book offer that we're kicking off this week, the book is entitled Chosen by Grace, Seven Portraits of End Time People by author Stuart Tyner. Stuart Tyner recognizes great art, but above all, he knows and values having been chosen by grace. Is the biblical doctrine of the remnant about you and me? Or is it about God? Is it about our determined efforts to obey and overcome? Or is it about God's active commitment to give us the gift of salvation? This is an informed, refreshing, and much-needed book. And so, hey, if you'd like this free copy of this book, Chosen by Grace, all you need to do is text the code SA140. That's right. Um, so grab your phone right now, text the code SA, capital S, capital A, 140, and you need to text that to our number in the studio, 04888-80811. And our friendly bot will get in touch with you, get your details, and we'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. And so um, one more time, SA140 is the code. You need to text the code to 04888-80811, and we'll get that book out to you free of charge. Um, yeah, so we'll promote the book offer one more time uh, towards the end of the show, but uh we're going to go to some music now, and then we'll be right back as we kick off our theme about um, being a biblical Israelite and what makes a person a biblical Israelite. Please don't go away. We'll be back in just a few moments. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Salvation Purchase of God Born of His Spirit Washed in His blood This is my story This is my song Praising my Savior All the day i 
Blessed Assurance by Anna Weatherup. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with myself, Will, and Brenton here in the studio. Hey, if you're just tuning us, thank you for tuning in today. We're just starting off a brand new theme for this week, and that is Contemporary Israel and Ancient Prophecies. Is there a link? But tonight, Brendan and I are looking at the question in particular, what makes a person a biblical Israelite? Yes, so, Brendan, go ahead. Topic. What mm. makes a person a biblical Israelite? What does the Bible say about this topic? Well, we've got a few uh, verses to have a look at, uh, Will, but um, let me say this. Having been to Israel myself, um, what's going on over there I find deeply saddening. Yeah. We stayed in a hotel in Jerusalem when we were there, my wife and I and my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. And I, what, one feature that I found particularly interesting is it must have been, the hotel must have been owned by Orthodox Jews. Why do I say that? Because Sabbath morning, um, yep. we couldn't find an Adventist church to attend, even though there was Adventist churches in Jerusalem. <laughs> When we got in the lift, all the lifts, uh, every floor had yep. been pre-programmed <laughs> so you didn't have to push the button <laughs> wow. on the way down. So I said to myself, either it's Messianic Jews or Orthodox Jews that are, yep. that are doing that. But I'd have to say this. Uh, the bulk of the people I met in Israel are totally secular. In fact, uh, recently they did a survey Gallup, who was a well-known pollster, yeah. did a survey. 65% of Israelis today claim to either be convinced atheists or not practicing Christians. Now, wow. of those who are Christians or claim to be uh, Jews, you've got a very small Christian minority there. Those that are Jews, only 27% of them keep the Sabbath. Now, wow. I, I found this interesting because some of them said they would keep the Sabbath if public transport was still going, providing that they could still have their <laughs> leisure activities on Sabbath <laughs> afternoon. Um, in other words, it is not what you would call a strictly religious country anymore. Right. So this subject is a particularly interesting subject because in order to understand the biblical definition of a Jew, I believe you need to go back to pre-Jew time. We need to go back to the book of Genesis, and we're going to have a look at chapter 3 and verse 15, which many people believe, Will, is the first messianic prophecy in the Bible, and I'm going to read it. It says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now, when you break that down, or exegete it, as we, we could say, when you break this down, this particular verse, you'll realize that the he that it's talking about is in the singular. Even though it uses the word seed, between your seed, that's the seed of the woman, and Satan's seed, um, even though it's, it's talking about more than one person there, when it comes to the crunch, when it comes to the, the vital moment, it's a individual right. who is going to crush the head of the serpent. Now, remember, Satan's listening to this. He's using the serpent as a medium. So he's listening to what's being said here. He knows that somewhere along the way in history, somebody is going to come along and not only dispute his control of this earth, but destroy it. Okay. Destroy his, hold his power over this earth. So that's where we start off. And Adam and Eve, 
bless them. <laughs> you know, their theology was wrong from the word go. It wasn't just the Jews who had wrong theology. <laughs> Chapter 4 and verse 1, it says, Now Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. The correct Hebrew is not, I have acquired a man from the Lord. The correct Hebrew is, I have acquired a man, the Lord. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I wasn't really even aware of that. Okay, interesting. Cain means acquired. So when Cain was born to Adam and Eve, she felt that this gift of a child that God had given her, this was the one who was going to destroy the serpent and uh, set them free. Instead of that, he became the world's first murderer. Right. As we all know, the only head that he crushed was probably that of his brother. So <laughs> it's a bit sad that that's the way it goes. But moving along, you see... The flood, the effects of the flood, and then you move on to Genesis 12 because the next time you hear anything mentioned about seed is in Genesis 12 with a guy by the name of Abram. As we know, he came from Ur of the Chaldees. Ur of the Chaldees was actually a very advanced city for its time. They had running water. Uh, they had uh, toilet facilities and that sort of thing that were quite advanced for their time. So he came from an advanced culture. And God is saying to him in chapter 12 and verses 1 to 3 this, Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And you, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. We've got a small problem here, as you know. <laughs> Abram, we're not told what age Abram was when he left Ur of the Chaldees, but he left with his father, Terah, right. and he left with his nephew, Lot, who we find later on in the book of Genesis, and he left with his wife, Sarai, who was his half-sister. You're right. She was his father's daughter, but not his mother's daughter. And, of course, this caused a certain degree of uh, problems, as you know, as you go along. So here's a, here's a promise being made to him that in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. And he's probably saying to himself, well, I haven't got any children. And, of course, over the next half a dozen chapters or more of the book of Genesis, we find God three times reaffirming the promise to him that you are going to be blessed, that you're going to have children uh, such as the sands of the sea, yeah. and um, the uh, the world will be blessed through you. And he's basically saying, Lord, how's this going to happen? I'm, I'm getting to be an old man, and uh, I don't have any offspring. And, of course, we know at one stage Eliezer, his chief servant, he wanted to uh, make him his heir, and God said, yeah. no, 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 just leave it to me. And then, of course, we find in chapter 16 of Genesis, Sarai has had enough, and she says, take my handmaiden, whose name was Hagar, who incidentally was an Egyptian, and uh, go into her and have children by her. Apparently, that was an acceptable uh, procedure in, in ancient times. Right. So she has a son 
whose name is not given at this particular point in time. And Sarai starts to treat her rather badly because, of course, once she's pregnant, um, she starts to despise Sarai. And you find that a little bit further on in this chapter that uh, her and her son flee into the wilderness just briefly and the angel tells her to go back to her um, mistress and be subject to her. But this is what it says about her son. Behold, you are with child. Now, where have we heard that one before? New Testament, behold, you are with child. Yep, Matthew, yep. The terminology used by the angel in the Old Testament here is very similar to the terminology used for Mary, for Elizabeth, and things like that. Correct. Behold, you are with child, and you shall bear a son. Mm, Okay. You shall call his name Ishmael. Do you know what Ishmael means? No. God hears. Okay, God hears. God hears. Because the Lord has heard your affliction. Now, it tells you what sort of man he'll be. He shall be a wild man. His hand shall be against every man and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Well, without giving uh, our listeners a, a, a recitation on Ishmael, Ishmael had 12 sons. Guess who else had 12 sons? Jacob. Yep. The 12 sons of Ishmael became the progenitors of what we would call today the Arab tribes of um, certainly northern Arabia, probably to even wider extent than that. So what you've got going on in the, in the Middle East at the moment, as many people would know, is a family dispute that has been going on for thousands of years. Right. And the reason for it is this. Because even though Ishmael was the firstborn, we find that in chapter 17 of Genesis, we're moving along a little bit, um, God tells him to keep his covenant, circumcise all the the um, male children, and this is what he God says to Abram, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name, but I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her, and it shall be a, she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Now, God makes a certain promise. He says, Ishmael will become the father of a great nation. Correct. Um, And he said, I will bless him. But he said, Your heir, through who the seed mentioned in Genesis 3 is going to come, is going to come through the child of promise. And the child of promise is that someone that you and your wife can do nothing about. You're nearly 100 years old and she's 90 years yeah. old. Both of you are well past uh, reproductive uh, capacity. Yeah. And here we, here we are. You are going to have to trust me, Abraham. I've told you you will have children. Your wife will have a son. I mean, for goodness sake, can you imagine today if a woman had a child at 90 years of age? Yeah. The oldest I've read of, I think, is 64. Wow. There isn't a, a, a record of a woman having a child at 64, but this is 26 years beyond that. Yeah. I mean, so how, was how many 90-year-old a... people do you know? I've got a couple <laughs> of couple of relatives, but can you imagine having a child at that age, even allowing for the fact that their lifespan was longer then yeah. than it is now? This is miraculous. So it was an, yeah, it was a miracle. 
So when Isaac comes on the scene, do you know what Isaac means? He laughs. Right. Because Abraham and Sarah, as she then became, yep. laughed because it was impossible, <laughs> physically impossible for a 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman to conceive have a, and have, have a child. child. He was the child of promise. So when you get to the New Testament, which we'll look at a, a little bit in a minute, Paul makes some fairly interesting comments about Jews. He says, not everyone who is a Jew physically is a Jew spiritually. Okay. And we're going to have a look so at there's that a in, difference. In, in, in Romans. So there is a difference between the two, but maybe we'll finish the Old Testament bit first. Yep. And then we'll go on from there. Sure. So we move on from Isaac. Isaac's wife had trouble getting pregnant. Her name was Rebecca. And eventually she gave birth to two sons. Tell me, who were they? Was it Jacob and Esau? Yeah, that's yep. it. But you've got them the wrong way around. Oh, Esau and Jacob. Esau came yep. out first yes. and Jacob. They were twins. Correct. And what was said about them? The, the older will serve the younger. Uh-huh. Now, the name Jacob means deceiver or supplanter. Right. And so he wasn't actually a good guy. <laughs> so he deceives his brother, gets the birthright by stealth, and his brother wants to kill him, so he takes off to Uncle Laban yep. up in Heron and spends the next 20 years up there, during which time he marries two women, um, Leah Leah and Rachel, and, Rachel, Rachel right. yep. and has children. And by the time he's ready to return to his home again, he's already lost his mother. What he didn't realise when he was driven away from his home by Esau's threats, yeah. he would never see his mother again. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Yeah. I mean, he was his mother's favourite. Mm. And here he is, he's been driven away, and unbeknownst to him, he will never, ever see his mother again. Yep. So here we go. We find that uh, he's there. And on the way back, Esau, he finds out, is coming to greet him. Sure. Greet in inverted commas with 400 armed men. Yeah. Now, <laughs> when you look at what's going on over there at the moment, you say to yourself, hell, <laughs> yeah. what's, what's going to happen here? Yeah. yeah. And so he, he thought had, the worst of it. He thought he yeah. did. And you've got this situation you might remember. He has this, what we call it, the wrestling match <laughs> at the Brook Jay Right. He sends his wife, wives, plural, mm-hmm. and his children and his flocks and herds ahead of him. He's basically left there by himself. Now, <clears throat> as the chapter 32 tells us, and I'm not going to read it. I'll just summarize it sure. due to time. <clears throat> he wrestles with this person. Some, at some point, he recognizes that whoever he's wrestling with, because you remember he asks, what is your name? Yeah. And the answer is, you don't need to know my name. And he somehow works out that he's wrestling with someone who's superhuman. Yeah. And he says, I won't let you go unless you bless me. Unless you me. bless me, yeah. And, of course, his name was changed from Jacob to Israel, wasn't that's it? That's right. Yep. Well, that's interesting. What does Israel mean? It comes from the Hebrew, Yishra, spelt Y-I-S-H-R-A, and it means to a uh, to be ruled by. And El, of course, as you know, is another name for God. So the name Israel has very definite connotations. Correct. Yes, I've heard you have um, 
fought with God and prevailed and all the rest of it, and I'm not denying any of that, but yeah. certainly the name means to be ruled by God. Ruled by God. Yishirael. And so when you start thinking of what's happening in the Middle East at the present time, ask yourself some questions. Ask yourself the question, is Israel ruled by God at the present time? Are they a people who are obedient to the covenants? Are they a people who are following God fully? Yep. They're some of the questions that you've got to, you've got to ask yourself, I believe. So, Brendan, can I just jump in? You may. So when you're talking, we're talking tonight about being a biblical Israelite. Is that story there that you mentioned with um, when Jacob wrestled with the angel, Genesis 32? Yes. And then his name is changed from Jacob to Israel. To Israel, yes. Um, is that the first time we see the mention, this is where we kind of come to understand the birth of the nation of Israel, if I could use that I term. So. Because I like you said, so. you know, because he... From that, he had 12 sons. Yeah, he had the 12 sons. As you know. So really, Jacob... Well, starting with Abraham, Abraham, then Isaac, and then yep. Jacob, yep. then through Jacob's seed, which is the, the twelve sons. Yes, that's that's really the beginnings of what would become in the Old Testament the twelve tribes of Israel. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. So this is where it really begins. It really began with, yeah. I guess, it started not started, but we really see with Jacob where it really. Where we see the 12 tribes emerge. You do. Yeah. You do. Okay. And, and it's interesting because you get the 12 tribes in the book of Genesis. But as right. you know, you also get 12 tribes in the book of Ezekiel. And then not exactly the same as the 12 tribes in Genesis. Then you get the 12 tribes in the book of Revelation. Yeah. And they're not the same either. Correct. There is no major differences, but one that you'll find drops off from the original group is the tribe of Dan. Okay. Now, the tribe of Dan, I believe, is not mentioned because Dan was the one tribe that led Israel into idolatry. Hey, Brandon, so we will get to the New Testament yep. stuff where we will really hit it as All to right. what is Paul and Peter talking about, how to determine who a true biblical Israelite is. But we've got to set the scene yep. by looking at how the Israelite nation began. Okay. And any good Jew, Father Abraham... Isaac and Jake. Yes. You know, they're, <laughs> they're up there. <laughs> okay. Hey, loving the conversation, uh, Pastor Brendan. We're going to pause for a break. We're going to go to some music and we'll be back in just a moment. But before we do, I just want to promote our free book offer just one yes, more time in our yes, show today. That. That's a good one. Um, so our free book offer today for you, our listeners out there in Radio Land, um, our book is called Chosen by Grace, Seven Portraits of End Time People by Stuart Tyner. And some of the chapters here, just to give you an idea, there's a chapter here talking about um, saved by the everlasting gospel. There's a chapter chosen by grace. There's a chapter Revelation 14, 6 through to 12. Um, there's a chapter here marked by God's commands. There's a chapter there on the Sabbath. There's yeah, a chapter a on chapter. God's unconditional acceptance. So, hey, um, if you would like a free copy, all you need to do to receive this copy chosen by grace by Stuart Tyner Text the code SA140 to our number in the studio, 04888-80811, and uh, you'll hear from our friendly bot who will get your details. We'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. So one more time, SA140, that's the code. Text that to 04888 
8081 and we'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. Please don't go away. We'll be back in just a few moments. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A. Great Thou Art by Lauren Daigle. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. We just got a few more minutes to go in our live show today from South Australia. If you're just tuning in, our theme for this week, Contemporary Israel and Ancient Prophecies. Is there a link? That's our theme that our team will be looking at for tonight and the rest of the week. But tonight, Brendan and I have been looking at the question, what makes a person a biblical Israelite? Now, before the break, Brendan, you kind of walking us through the Old Testament and kind of We're setting up setting the, the scene. Setting the scene. So take yeah. us through, I guess, from, sure. from the Old Testament yep. and how do we kind of kind of tackle this question about being an Israelite, especially as we look at the New Testament. Yeah, sure. 
We start by having a look at uh, Romans chapter 2 and verse 28. It says, For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. Right Now, when I read those texts, I immediately came to my mind, what is the circumcision it's talking about? Because we all know that in the New Testament, once the gospel uh, left the Jewish um, enclave, so to speak, or yeah. the Jewish nation, uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Christ actually gave them an overview in Acts chapter 1, verse 6 to 8, as to the, the, the direction that the gospel would go. Uh, when Paul, of course, became the apostle to the Gentiles, he taught them that they didn't have to be circumcised in order to be saved. Correct. Now, this upset the Jews no end, but <clears throat> it's interesting. Colossians 2 tells us that circumcision of the heart is baptism. Okay. So this is baptism by immersion where you're buried under the water and you rise to start a new life. And he said that that is the significant factor. So I would appeal to... Those who are listening to our program right across Australia, right. If, if you have never considered being baptised by immersion, baptism by immersion signifies that you are now a spiritual Jew. Okay. You, are, you have the circumcision of the heart. Now, this is rather interesting because then I'm going to go over a little bit further to Romans chapter 9 where we'll have a look at some texts that I found quite interesting, sure. Will. It says, But it is not that the word of God has taken no effect, for they are not all Israel who are of Israel, nor are they all children because they are the seed of Abraham. But it is, that that is your seed, he, he says, but in Isaac shall your seed be blessed. The reason I'm reading these texts is pretty simple. Because in the Old Testament, you had Ishmael and yep. Isaac. Who was the line of promise through? Isaac. Through Isaac, yeah. through Ishmael. Yep. Did God bless Ishmael? Yes, he did. But the line of promise yep. was not through him. You had Esau and Jacob. The line of promise came through Jacob. Correct. You never hear a Jew say, I am so blessed that I am a descendant of Father Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. <laughs> yeah. It's Father Isaac, Father Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Jacob yep. So there, that's the, uh, the the direction in which it's going. But if you keep going, it says this: <clears throat> that is, those who are children of the flesh; these are not the children of God. Hello, but the children of the promise are counted as the seed. For this is the word of promise. At this time, I will come, and Sarah shall have. A Son, so how do you determine who a true biblical Israelite is? It's someone who has received the circumcision of the heart. Okay, it is someone who believes in Jesus as their savior, and those texts are very, very important because a lot of people are looking for the fulfillment of Bible prophecies through literal Israel. Now, we haven't got time tonight, but if you read in your Bibles, Deuteronomy 28 particularly verse 12, and again in verse 62 and verse 64, where it tells us that if you are obedient to the Lord your God 
and follow all his commandments and his decrees, I will make you into a great nation. You shall be high above the earth. Now, in about verse 64 of that chapter, it says, and if you are not obedient, God will scatter you to the four winds of heaven. You'll be scattered to every nation on earth. Now, the Jews, the Israelites that are in uh, Jerusalem and in uh, Israel today are only small in number. And as we all know, Hamas has made it very, very clear that they want to wipe them off the face of the earth. And now Israel has made it very clear that they intend to wipe Hamas off the face of the earth. Correct. So <clears throat> what you've got is a small group of people, because there are more Jews around than just the Jews that are in Israel, uh, who are totally surrounded by enemies, even though they're all related to one another. And... Rather than the focus being on what's taking place there, the focus should be on, am I a true biblical Israelite? In the book of Revelation, it talks about the second church, which was the church of Pergamos, or Smyrna, I think it was. And the church of Smyrna had a problem. Um, God says that, You have people there who claim to be Jews, but they're not Jews. They're of the synagogue of Satan. Now, the term synagogue, synagogue in the Jewish terminology, you needed to have 10 men in order to form a synagogue. You had to have a synagogue ruler and at least 10 men. So in the New Testament, a Jew is one spiritually. Now, we can prove that from John chapter 8 where Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you really want to know, the truth will set you free. And they say, we're children of Abraham. We've never been subject to anyone. And do you know what he says to them a little bit later in chapter 8? He said, you are of your father, the devil. The devil. And yeah. the reason why you're of your father, the devil, is because you do not believe in me. Abraham believed in me. Abraham had a vision that I was going to come. Correct. As the Messiah. Right. And you guys who have seen me in the flesh, who have me here right here and now with you, um, you don't believe in me. Correct. So you've got to take all of these things, I believe, Will, into consideration as to determining who is a biblical Israelite. A biblical Israelite is, number one, one who believes in Jesus is the Messiah, that he saves them from their Correct. sins, a person who has received the right of baptism. Baptism is not some sort of magic bullet, but it does indicate that you have had a circumcision of the heart. Correct. And to Paul, the only important thing anymore for Paul, and Paul was physically circumcised. Uh, in my day, when I grew up, I was circumcised. Uh, they don't circumcise boys anymore, I don't think, yeah. except under certain circumstances. But when I was growing up, all boys were circumcised. Correct. So <clears throat> you've got a situation where... Rather than looking at physical Israel and saying what's going to happen here and what's going to happen there, let's have a look at what does the Bible teach about who is a biblical Israelite. We've touched on the key points as to what a biblical Israelite is. And then you can go over to Galatians chapter 3, which to me is the clincher. Correct. You know the text. I'm going to start a little bit earlier. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Who is he talking to? Are both Jews and Gentiles. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. 
And if you are Christ's, this is the clincher, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to right. the promise. Okay. What promise? It's the promises from the Old Testament. It's the covenant promises that God gave to Abraham are yours in Christ. Right. So, yeah, I, I think that's a good way of explaining it. And this is good news. I'd like to make an appeal to our listeners tonight. If you have never considered um, following Jesus in baptism, certainly consider taking that step. But yeah. more than anything, it signifies the circumcision of the heart. And you are then a spiritual Israelite. And you are, you are heirs, it says here, According to the promise. According to the promise. So all the promises made to Abraham are yours in Christ. I think wow. that's fairly good news. Amen. So, so as we kind of wrap up tonight, Brian, we are, we are, uh, we're saying, uh, wrapping up. Yep. so what you, what you're sharing from the Bible is that a biblical Israelite is first and foremost someone who has accepted and given their lives and hearts to the person of Jesus Christ. They've yes. accepted him as yes. the Messiah. And um, as the saviour of the world. And the physical evidence of it is water baptism. Yeah. Because Paul calls it the spiritual circumcision. So a biblical Israelite is not dependent upon your origin of birth. No, it's not. um, It's not dependent. But you can be. You can be a Jew. And if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and saviour, you have all the promises of Abraham. And remember, you come through the bloodline. Yeah. You and I don't. We're we're the... uh, the wild olives that are grafted into yeah. the olive tree. <laughs> but, um, you know, you've got chapter 9 and chapter 10 of Romans where Paul really gets into this in, in depth. But, yeah, you've summarized it pretty well. So basically accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you then become a spiritual Jew. Amen to that. Or a spiritual Israelite. Well, hey, thank you for sharing, so Brendan. the promises for? Yeah. The spiritual Israelites, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So... As we kind of wrap up, Brendan, we've got about a minute to go. Um, if there's someone out there listening, and I think you've just made the appeal already about baptism, but um, there's someone who's listening and they're, you know, they're, they're really engulfed in, in fixed about what's happening in the Middle East currently. Um, what would you say to them? And um, what's the real issue at stake here? Is it about what's going on in the Middle East, the, the wrestling for that piece of land there? Uh, over in Gaza and over there in the West Bank, um, what does the Bible seem to be the more important message? Is it about a geographical location or is it something more than that? Well, I believe it's it's more than that. Mm. Um, Hebrews chapter 11 is particularly interesting, isn't it? Because you've got Moses, and of course Moses was uh, <laughs> held in very, very high esteem by the uh, Jews, and he is today in uh, Egypt. You go to Egypt, Moses is very held in very, yeah. very high esteem. But what's interesting about all of this is that um, Moses wasn't looking for a physical home. He was looking for a home. It says he had his eyes set on the heavenly Canaan. Yeah. I think rather than focusing on the physical Canaan Correct. and Gaza Strip and all of that and saying what's important that the Jews have all of these things, I cannot see... My study of the Bible tells me that where our focus should be is on the spiritual Canaan. Amen. The spiritual New Jerusalem. That's where, if you are a biblical Israelite, your focus will be as well. Amen. Well, hey, Brendan, we're going to have to close our program tonight. So well, thank you for sharing with our listeners. We hope that our, you, our loyal listeners out there in Radio Land, that you appreciate it. 
uh, our show today. Um, before we do go, just want to acknowledge that we did have someone ring in today oh, for good. a book offer. We had David Austin uh, calling in from Canberra. So, hey, David, thank you for tuning in. We'll get that book out to you as soon as we can. And I appreciate you listening and tuning in today. We do. Um, so before we go, just want to give you a heads up on tomorrow's program. So Ricardo and Marty, they're going to be in the studio tomorrow uh, for Faith of Him Drive Time. They'll be looking at the question, was God's purpose for Israel irrevocable? And so it's that's very important. That's a question they'll look at. Because it's an extension of what we yeah, talked about Yeah, pretty much today. an extension of what you shared tonight. In other tonight. words, as you leave today, you say to yourself, well, if we are spiritual Israel, that's what God is important about. What about physical yeah. Israel? Correct. Do the promises still apply? Yeah. Or have they been transferred in Christ? Yeah. So, so that's what tomorrow's topic will be about. Awesome. So, hey, please, uh, for you, Alices, um, please tune in tomorrow for Ricardo and Marty as they take us uh, yes. into that question. But, hey, as we do, before we go, we always like to leave with the promise of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 27. He says to us all this evening, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. May God bless you, and we hope to see you next time. Yes. God bless.